of the United Spurs of America podcast coming to you live following Tottenham's 3-1 victory over London rivals West Ham United. Um, Hyunmin Son at the double could have had three, almost had a hattie in front of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the Lily White faithful. How we doing, everyone? How we doing? Joined by your hosts as always, Michael and Jacob. Jacob, I'm going to bring you in here, man. I just, I I need to tell you something real quick before we get into anything. Talk to me. West Ham get battered everywhere, everywhere they, go. they go. West, West Ham, Ham get battered, battered everywhere, everywhere they, they go. go. West Ham get battered everywhere they go, my friend. 3-1 victory over the West Ham Splammers, like you like to call them. Um, mm-hmm. Hyunmin Son at the mm-hmm. double. We, we've been talking about it on our live streams with Tottenham away recently, how we've we've been begging for a Hyunmin Hung, Hyunmin Dad, Hyunmin Son goal forever. He went through a little bit of a drought, can't lie, but hey. He's back, and he shows why he's world-class, my friend. He continually shows everyone why when you talk down on one of the baddest men in a Spurs shirt right now, this is what's going to happen. And I think it all spoke volumes when you look at his celebration. If If you're watching on Spotify, what's up? How you doing? This is the Sully. We're doing the celebration. That's what Hyungman says. Shh. Cállese, wey. Cállete tu boca. Don't be talking down on my man's son. That's what it comes down to. Because mm-hmm. you know what he's going to do? You put a firecracker in a box, it's going to blow that box up. Motherfucker will light up, be on fire. Oh, it was beautiful to see. Because not only has he been our best player this season... But he's also been one of our most disrespected players this season. As of late, for sure. And and that's what I don't understand. How you can have anything negative to say about this man when he's literally carried us when Harry Kane's been down. He's easily been our best player this season. And I mean, even Harry Kane, he's now finally in the double digits for Premier League goals. Youngman's son's been there. Yeah, he's been there. And I think I saw something from our source on Twitter, at whoever the fuck, shout out. I think I saw something that was like, one more assist, and Youngman's son will be the only person in Premier League to have like 10 goals and 6 plus assists over 6 mm-hmm. years. I mean, come on, man. Like, they're, Harry Kane and Youngman's son are breaking records, and people are still complaining about them. I don't understand. Yep, we had another goal contribution between the two, the gold connection between the two. Best duo in the world right now, best duo in the Premier League history at that, more importantly. But Jacob, I felt like this win was so was on it was important on so many levels for for many many different things. This was a six-pointer, like we had talked about many times on the live streams with Tottenham away because Tottenham and West Ham going into this match, we were in 7th. West Ham was in sixth. We now jumped into fifth place. So not only was it important because we're tight in the race of in, in top four with West Ham. They are in the mix right now. Um, we jumped them in are now three points ahead of them with a game in hand, which is awesome. Um, but six-pointer, a London Derby victory, important. We haven't had many of those this season, unfortunately. And it was a win at home in front of the home crowd. And it was back-to-back victories for the first time in what seems like forever, my friend. And now, like I mentioned, we're now sitting in fifth place. Now Arsenal do have a game in hand. They're in front of us, and they are three points ahead. They have 54. We have 51. We're in fifth right now. Um, But it was important, man, for so many different reasons. So, so many different reasons. And um, we, we talked about it many times before the match even started. And it was just, I don't care if it's a 1-0 victory. I don't care if it's a 5-0 victory. I don't care if it's a a 2-1 clawed out in the 89th, 90th minute victory. We needed the three points, and that was the most important thing. We got them all. Any way you gift wrap it, the gift remains the same. 
you needed the three points. This is a team, like you said, also fighting for top four. We dropped points against United, someone else fighting for top four. This win puts us in a decent position to continually still talk about the fact that we might get top four. You know what I'm saying? We lose this game. Top six is where I'm at. I I'll said if we had up. lost this game, I, I was I was out on the top four hopes, in my opinion. Just because of the inconsistencies that we've seen from this team way too many times recently. I, I just can't put all of my faith realistically in betting on a, a, a big, long stretch of a Tottenham run of wins and, you know, just unbeaten. You know what I mean? Just getting points where you need them. Getting three points, more importantly, because obviously it's so vital going into this final stretch of the season in the Premier League. Every point matters. Every three points, more importantly, per game matter. So we needed this one, man. We needed this one, and I'm glad we got it over the line. It's, it's the most important thing, like I said. Three points is three points, no matter how you got them. But to that point... We got them pretty convincingly, which was nice. It was a comfortable victory. When we got the third in the 89th minute, I think everyone's everyone ha- had a, a big, big, obviously, cheer when it went in. But it was also a little bit of a relief, right? Because it was like, all right, we're good to go. We got the three points. We're in fifth place. Let's fucking ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think um, in talking to our correspondents, our boots on the ground out there at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, Stelios and Iggy, they told us that there was just a lot of nervous energy between their goal and our third goal. Um, just because we were all kind of waiting to see what's going to happen here. But you know what? Um, last season, we blew a 3-0 lead against these cats in seven minutes. Um, so for me, this game was for always going to be going down to the wire. Um, yeah. With that said, though, convincingly I, I was somewhat convinced i wasn't like i wasn't like you know preaching to the choir or nothing but I, look we showed some good things um i, I love the fact that every time uh kurt zuma touched the ball the crowd absolutely booed him i mean you know we were in his head he got one own goal um, I heard and he was at fault argue- for the other one too, the second that's, goal. That's what I'm saying. I also going to say I heard people arguing he could have had two own goals. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the fact that our first two goals go off of him to go in in the first place, poetic justice, mm-hmm. beautiful poetic, and that's that's a beautiful thing about this sport, Michael. Karma's a beautiful thing, my friend. That's so beautiful about this sport. Is this sport? It'll find you. You know what I'm saying? You can't hide from this sport. It's going to find you. It'll I grab you Harry. by the nuts. And it'll drag you on the ground wherever it needs you to. It's beautiful. It's it beautiful was. to watch. Um, and the fact, you and I were texting before this game. And we even said what we were thinking, you know. I said, for some reason, something been telling me a young man's son hat trick. Yeah. And we pretty much almost got it. If that We almost goal. did. We almost did. We thought that um, everyone pretty much thought that the first one um, was finished by Hyunmin Son. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful cross into a dangerous area where Hyunmin Son was right there. I believe it was Harry, it was Harry Kane who had uh, sent the ball in. And it ended up going off the back heel of Kurt Zuma, which was awesome. Yeah. Ricocheted into the back assists. of the net. Yep. Harry Opened Kane the ball into the net. Assists. It was beautiful. Yeah, man. Um, but let's get into the goals, man. The the goal score, more importantly. I want to talk about Hyunmin Son, and I know you do as well. But um, what a performance, man. Like we had been saying um, earlier on in the pod, he had been getting a lot of hate recently. Now, I can't lie. He hasn't been in great form. I, I don't think anyone can deny that. He hasn't been in the best form. Um, I'll correct myself on that. But um, he's been getting a lot of flack on Twitter um, recently, and it's gotten to the point where he's also kind of gotten some racial abuse as well that we've seen here and there, which is obviously unfortunate. You know, look, racial abuse is always going to be there in the world at the end of the day, but it's it's still disgusting to see. And Hyunmin Son was getting a little bit of it over the past few weeks, so um, I think I had just a little bit more sympathy for him there just because he was getting racially abused, but... Um, you mentioned his celebration after the first goal, man. Shushing the crowd. That was basically for every single one of his haters who had been abusing him online, had been saying stuff behind his back, all the hate he had been getting. But you had mentioned it earlier on, Jacob, and we've said it many, many times on the podcast before. Even when he's not at his best, 
The difference between a great player and a world-class player is still being able to affect the game even when you're not at your best. Even when Hyunmin Son is not at his best, more often than not, I won't say every time, but more often than not, he's there when we need him and he get he bags goals when we need him in the right moment or he makes a, a really good impact at a right time. Bottom line, he makes an impact and he makes a difference in the Spurs team, whether he's playing good or whether he's playing great. You know what I mean? And even when he's out of form, he still delivers an impact. And Jacob, what a performance against West Ham. We mentioned it already. Two goals. Could have had a Hattie. Almost did have a Hattie. But what a response from the man. Young Min Daddy is legitimately the reason why I love Tottenham Hotspur. And I'm going to put that on record. I, I was on uh, Tottenham Away's Monday night uh, live stream. And... I, I I said it. I said that I would not be where I'm sitting today if it wasn't for Hyung Min Daddy. Sorry, Hung Min Daddy. Because he he encapsulates a lot of things, most of the things that I really love about football in general. The racist abuse, I feel like I don't even need to touch on it. We all know it's disgusting and wrong, and I wouldn't even consider any of those people actual fans. I'm just going to say that first and foremost. If you in any way make any kind of jokes about uh, like his culture, what he eats, his ethnicity, his race, anything like that, you're not a fan, bro. You're just a fucking hater. And honestly, I'd love to fucking see you in the streets. I'd love for you to fucking say some stupid ass shit to me in the streets. I'm leave it at that. I don't even know what would happen if I was with you and I witnessed that. Like, I would be scared for the other person. Lord, help me if that was the case. That's all I'm going to say. The Lord would need to... Jesus would have to take the wheel at that point because I couldn't control myself. The beautiful part for me, really, when I watch Min Son play is he he's got a whole bag of tricks in his locker and at any point he could utilize any of them and his his runs in behind the timing the chemistry he's got with harry kane it's record breaking he's about to break records he's won awards for goals of the year like this guy proven time and time again he is a vital asset i would say you could argue this season he's our most important player you could argue he's our most important or second most important behind harry kane yeah and i mean the connection between the two like you can't speak highly enough i think harry kane got robbed of of an assist and a goal as well i think he should have finished that goal or the shot that he had that um, early second half mm -hmm. i thought he i thought he should have finished that um but what we witnessed like i was watching the game you know my wife's there she's feeding the sun and she saw uh uh min son's like first goal not the own goal Right, he saw the first goal like, was in the twenty-something minute. Mm -hmm. um, she saw it and was like, "Oh, that was nice. I saw that." Like, because normally she doesn't catch the goals live because she's not actually watching. Um, but she she saw that, and I turned to her, and the, my first thought was like, "Think about this. You just got to witness a little piece of history. <laughs> Every time Harry Kane and Youngman Son link up for a goal, it's a fucking piece of history." Yep, and. If that don't put you hard in the pants, I don't know what will. What can you say, man? Hyunmin What can you say? Hyunmin dad. Bro, he's got a lap hog. He's got a cannon in the pants. Um, and he's fully coys. That's what's, that's what's so beautiful about it. Is... Hyunmin hold this banger. Hyunmin <laughs> oh, steal your girl. It doesn't matter, bro. Hyunmin, there's room World for class. you in the bed. There's plenty of room for you in the bed with Hyunmin Hyun. Mm-hmm. He's he's world class, and you and I, I think we're both in agreement about just how fantastic of a player he is. But I mean, what do what do you think? These guys, history is made every time, like from here on out until they stop playing together. If I'm being honest, the most, the I think the the biggest reason why I'm so excited about the attack right now is. Hyunmin Son and Harry Kane are back. It seems like they're they're back in sync. You know how we were saying earlier this season where we kind of felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect here and there mm -hmm. in certain performances where it just didn't feel like they were on the same page. Right now, they are in peak form in terms of like connection and knowing what other what the other's doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're just in sync right now. And what makes it even better, my friend, 
is that they have a third person up top that is making just as big of an impact as those two. And we can't say that, that that's happened consistently for the past few seasons. We can't. It's, it's been an inconsistent position, that right wing position in our, in our front three. Not when we had but Gareth Jacob, Bale. Well, that's true. That's when true. We had when Gareth we had Bale, Gareth Bale he was... and he was playing consistently, yeah, that was a front three to be reckoned with. But right now, my friend, Dejan Kulusevski is Dan. he's that guy. Let me tell you, okay? First of all, he's that guy. You roll up and you see this kid, uh, I, I'd be like, sir, thank you for everything that you have done for me. And thank you for everything that you're going to continue to do for me and my football club. What a, what a, what a signing, man. What a signing. What, what a player, first of all. Another brilliant, brilliant performance um, Sunday against West Ham. I've said it. I've said it really since since his first appearance. We had said, "Oh yeah, it was a a bright little cameo. We saw some good things. He looks like a, a pretty good technical dribbler on the ball, and he's got some good movement off of it. You know, he works hard. He's got a good he's got a good work rate. But now it's each game he's doing something more and something more, something different, or something you know, something that catches the eye that we haven't seen before. What a performance! If if Hyunmin Son and Harry Kane were not on the field on Sunday, he probably would have been my man of the match. But look, the bottom line is he's making an impact, and he's he he made he's making an impact much quicker than we anticipated. We had said, all right, this is kind of a signing for the future. He's only 21 years old, but hopefully he can make an impact here and there. Maybe he can make some appearances off the bench, really make an impact there, um, catch some teams on the counter. You know, you never know. Mm. He's turned out to be much more than that, my friend. And I don't know, man. Well, what else can you say about him at this point? He's making a real impact. Not to take anything away from the lad. I thought he had a very solid game. And I think the performances that Dan Kulisevsky has been putting in, you're right. It, it offers us something at that right wing position, a little bit of consistency. I think a little bit more calm and poise in the final third. Whereas I think a Bergvine or a Mora kind of play the ball out too much try and go or they do too, too much yeah and it's just like the calm confidence that Dean Kulusevsky has when he's in the final third that I really appreciate the most you know I, I've given him a little shtick he's not the fastest we saw another example of that uh this game we saw another example let's be honest where if he had some Bergvine pace but here's the thing do you trade off the pace for more confidence and poise and class in front of net and in the final third 10 that's, times out of 10 yes see th that's that's where the i think the debate comes in but for me these are two top quality signings because I, i'm going to take away from kulisevsky a little bit because this game and it's not every case uh, but i think rodrigo bentencur i think he outplayed the midfield like he shined versus West Ham and he was so good man and to see the response because you know he would he didn't have his best game as a Tottenham Hotspur player versus United I mean that's a big t this guy's 24 all right it's his first time playing at Old Trafford so to me that's a big stage it's understandable that the first time you ever go there you might be a little bit um flat-footed a little bit nervous but still, he doesn't look nervous. And there's another, I mean, you he's creative with the ball offensively. He can make those passes. He's calm when he has the ball. And he can also get back and defend. We saw him, I would say, save a goal in the first half. Uh, there was two West Ham attackers. And he took the ball before they could uh, really put any pressure on Lloris. So he's he's kind of got it all. And I think we're in a very good position right now where... Oliver Skip starting to get back to healthy where now we have a problem. Who do we break up this little partnership we have between Hoybier and Bintencourt, which has been moderately successful at this point? And, or, or do we bring Skip in for Hoybier? I don't know. These are things that I'm I'm excited to see. Um but yeah, dude, these signings from Juve, I know I've heard it all. They all say Juve rejects, blah, blah, blah. My question would be, Juve, you got any more rejects? Because we need left center back. We need a left back. We need a right back. Um, fuck it, man. You got a backup striker. Give me all your rejects. If they're as good as these guys, they're better than what we got. Bintencur, 
Kulisevsky have both shown us more in the limited games that they've played, the limited amount of time. They've only been here since January. And they've shown us more than La Celso and Dombele. Heel. I mean, no offense. Heel wasn't here that long, but... Yeah. I mean, even still. No, um, I agree. They've been great signings, man. And... I, think I, want to, I want to apologize, actually, because I said outside of if Harry Kane or Hinminson weren't on the pitch, um, Kulisevsky would have gotten man of the match. Uh, I need to throw in Benton Corin as well. Um, so I apologize, Romero. Rodrigo. If you're listening Romero to this, big if you're listening to this, Rodrigo, I apologize. No Lo disrespect. But I agree, man. What a signing he's been. And it's it's I don't think we were expecting much if all, if I'm being at least I think that's kind of how me and you were feeling, at least. We weren't expecting just, too much yeah. just because of who we've signed recently. Track record's not that good. Um, you know, Romero was a really, really good signing. We've we've said it since since day one. But outside of that, last summer signings really haven't made much of an impact as well. Um, it's been good to see, man. And it's, it's just a nice change of pace, if I'm being honest, because we've seen so many signings walk through the door, not make an impact, walk right back out, or stay for a little bit longer than they should have. And then make their way to the exit. Or it's a nice change here. of it's it's a nice change of pace. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they're still sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah exactly. You um, get my gist. But it's a it's a nice change of pace, man. Benton Core has been great. Kulazewski has been great. They were brilliant. They were brilliant, brilliant against West Ham. And uh, I don't know, man. It was just it was a great win overall. I'm just the the vibes are good today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. Getting three points and jumping into fifth place, more importantly, and and what will be a really really tight uh, top four finish, if it, it looks like, if if anything's to be um, seen based on the table. I'm just excited, man. Hopefully that uh, Oliver Oliver Skip can come back. In my opinion, I think it's a no brainer. You take Hoybier out, you put Skip in, and I think the midfield takes an even step up, a further step up than what it's been right now. I think Bentancur and Skip would work really really well together. Let me ask you this. How many times they play together? How many times have they practiced together? Well, we're about to see. I'm sure they practice a lot. You think before Skip was injured? Skip's been injured the entire time he's been here. Since he, oh, before the international break, huh? Yeah, Skip's been down for a long ass time now. Yeah. There's no way he's trained with him. I would put him in. He's maybe run laps with the guy. I've said it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Skip's undroppable. We're a different team with with uh, with Skip in the lineup. We're a different team with 100% healthy, fully confident, fully fit and practiced and run with the team Skip. I agree. But this is a Skip coming off of an injury, hasn't had much game time. Or if he's ready to go, I, I'd put him I, in. I'm more concerned about the chemistry him and Bentenkur will have. because I think they'll be fine. How many times have they practiced together? I you, think they'll be fine. You, you've worked great for players a, play great with other great players. Oliver Skip's a great player, and so has Benton Kors so far. I think it's a no-brainer, man. With that, with that logic, let me a ask fully, you this. But I'm saying late, what I just said, that, though. No, no, no. With that I'm, logic, I'm let a me fully, ask you With this. a fully fit Skip, you would not drop Hoybier. Fully fit Skip, ready to go. I'll put him on the bench. I'll bring him in in no. the 60th minute. No. Let him get 30 minutes, see what he can do. We've, we're a completely different team with Oliver Skip in the lineup. You can't drop him. Before he got injured, you you could not tell me that there was a better midfielder at Tottenham. And this this was before Bentoncourt came in. Was there a better midfielder this season? No. I mean, overall, I'd still say Hoybier. No. Oh, better than just, Skip? That's just what I say. No. Never. Never. That's just what I say. No. I mean, it's, it's a good debate topic, You've been right? talking to Ellie recently? Has she been rubbing off on you? I don't have a fucking hard on for <laughs> Pierre Emil Hoybier, if that's your question. No, man, um, I just think uh, we, we're just a different team with Oliver Skip. I think he brings a lot of uh, a lot of great energy, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying is a bad player by any means. I'm just saying that uh, when Skip was, was flying and he was fully fit and um, he was in form, he was undroppable. In my opinion, no, he, you have a fully fit Skip in your squad, you can't leave him on the bench. I think you got to play him from the beginning. Even if he's only practiced with Rodrigo fucking three times. Great players play good with the other great players, I'm telling okay. you. Okay, so by that logic, why are the Lakers not doing well? They have fucking eight Hall of Famers, but they, they can't play win basketball, the game. not football. You just said great players play great together 
with yeah. With I'm other talking. Great we're players. talking about football, not basketball. No, but that's a logic, right? You're taking. You're saying. Well, I'm talking just... about football, my guy. <laughs> I'm not talking about basketball. I'm saying okay. right now, great players play good with other great players. I'm gonna have to disagree with that sentiment, but I'm telling you, Oliver Skip better than Hoybier. I'll say it until the day I die, until uh, Hoybier proves do... me wrong. I'm I mean, not saying he's playing bad. I'm just would, saying Oliver would, Skip is argue, different. I would argue your better player is a player who's fucking healthy. So I would say Hoybier is more reliable and he's therefore a better player than Skip because he's fucking healthy and he's out there. I mean, you can't really control injuries, my guy. You can't? Some players are just unlucky with injuries. Look at Sessegnon. He's been really unlucky with injuries his whole Tottenham career. Exactly. And that's exactly... If you ask my opinion on the lad, I'd say we need to sell him and we need to sign a fucking world-class left wing back. Yeah, well, that's a different discussion. I'm just saying, players get unlucky with injuries. You can't. I mean, if you tear your ACL, am I going to blame you for tearing your ACL? Regardless, the best player is the one who's available. You could be fucking world-class talent, but if your ass is sitting there on crutches, you ain't doing nothing for the team. I disagree. What, so Skip sitting there on the bench, does that help us get three points? No, I'm saying him sitting there. Well, so what, what are you what are you trying to say though? What are you trying to say right now? I'm trying to say that your argument of Skip being a better player than Hoybier is incorrect because my argument is a better player is a player that's available, whether he's on the bench, whether he's on. I'm just saying that I would Skip argue is right a now better player. Is more valuable to Skip than Skip because well, he's you available. You could say then every other player on in the squad is more. You could say Golini is more valuable than Skip right now than. Anyone's more valuable than a hurt player, bro. I'm just saying Bellini. that you can't, you can't, you can't knock someone for getting injured when it's not really their fault. Right, but I also can't say they're better than a player that's actually been there for every game. I mean, Hoybeer's had some pretty bad performances because he's been out there for too long. You could argue. I mean, we've all, we've obviously talked about it before yeah. that he's been overworked and he's just a different player when he actually so gets does, rest versus. So does Kane. So does Son. Every player when they're overworked underperforms. Yeah. It's just natural. But I didn't say look, they didn't. I was just saying all, I would rather have Oliver Skip in my lineup than Pierre Emil Hoybier. Right, but he's not available. So I, I know. I'm just saying that I would rather have him in my lineup. If he's healthy, I'd rather have him in my lineup than Hoybier. And you were saying not. I was saying not until he's actually practiced with Ben Tancor and practiced mm. with the team that I wouldn't start yeah, him I would immediately. Put him in. That once he's 100% fit. I believe the bench is the best option for him for the first game or two, at least. Yeah, but when he's fully fit he's and he's ready to go, you got to put him in the lineup, in my opinion. Hey, as long as he's had more than fucking five practice sessions with Rodrigo, I would support Oliver Skip being in there because you and I both agree he is, was, before, before any of these transfers, he was our best midfielder. Defensively and... I guess you could say offensively because him, Winks, and Hoybier weren't doing too much offensively. But, yes, so I agree. Skip is a quality player. I'm not in any way trying to shit talk on Skip. I'm just simply saying, for me, Hoybier is a better player because he's actually available. That's why I would also say, like I would say, Sessegnon is more talented than Reggion, but he's never available. Like, how can you could be the the best left wing back in the world but if you're not physically fit to play how are you helping the team i just think that it'd be very hard for him and rodrigo to immediately be on the same page so let me ask you how many practice sessions do you think it would take for them to be comfortable you're saying it doesn't matter it's just as long as he's 100 percent fit that he's good to go if he's 100 percent fully fit to go and conte thinks he's ready and he plays him i'm not going to complain uh, if he's ready to go, he's ready to go. That's what I'm saying. Oliver Skip's proven before that he can play with pretty much any other midfielder. He has. He's played with pretty much every other midfielder that we have had before. And he's, for the most part, I would say 85-90% of the time, would you say, he's put on good performances in a Tottenham shirt? There was a couple games where he looked a little out of sorts or he was trying too much. 85-90%, to 90%, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying every game. 85-90%. to 90%. He's, he's played good for Tottenham, has he not? Yeah, I would. I would. I put my faith in Skip because of what he's proven to me already. That's so what eight, I'm trying to 80 say. Eighty to ninety-five percent of thirty percent of games is what you're saying is enough to to displace someone who's played. Let's say, well, what's a fair number for Hoybier? Percentage of numbers. I'd say sixty-five to seventy percent. He's played been, good. 
Yeah. Of the yeah. games that he's played for us. That's covering two years yeah. now. So you're saying, and I would say he's been available 95, almost 100% of the time. He's been available. Yeah. So he offers you 100% availability at 65% success rate. Whereas you're saying Oliver Skip gives you 30%. And Why in 30%? That 30, he's played 30% of the games this 30% season? 30% of the, of the, since he's been on our roster, how many games has he played? More than 50, because we're not done with the season yet. And he was healthy for half the season. So it'd be way more than 30. So if he's played 18 matches this year, we've played 29 games. 62%. For this season? Yeah. Okay, so how many games are in a Premier League season? 32, I believe. 34. I thought it was 37. 36. I don't know. Something up there. There's 37 this season. He's only been in... He's realistically only been a squad player for two years. This is his second year since he's came come back from, from Norwich. Or this year, right? Sorry. He was at Norwich last year. Let's this see. is the first year he's been like a serious like 11 player. Because he's been in... He, he's come out through the academy because he's young. All right. Here. Premier League. These are all the times he was in the Premier League. So, eight matches. Plus seven matches. Right, but Jacob, the 18-19 season, he wasn't a serious 11 player. Plus he was eight. just on the bench. Again, I'm talking about... The amount of time he's been here, bro. You can't what, knock someone for not for not playing when they're just not ready. I never knocked him for it. I you never just did because you're adding the games that he didn't play in the eighteen nineteen season I'm, when he wasn't I'm really in the I'm squad. I'm presenting an argument as to why Hoybier. No, but is you're skewing the us. argument in your favor for Hoybier. How? Like How you I have to it? go through the dude. You're, so you're gonna say that Oliver Skip was gonna play in the eighteen nineteen season in the starting eleven because you're holding that against him. So you're saying that he was going to be a he contender. Twice. He started twice. In the exactly, because he wasn't ready. Out of so why, games, are, you, out of why are you putting that against twice. him for your argument? Because in eight games that he was in the sheet, Koybier came to us twice. already when he was, what, 26? And Oliver Skip started playing for us when he was, what, 18, 17? Again, I'm looking at it right here. He started two matches. So clearly he was ready to start at least two matches. Yeah, but it, you could go back, and I guarantee you there would either be injuries or it might have been FA Cup. I'm telling no, you that he was not, not ready FA in the 18-19 season. This is, this is for Premier League. I know, and I'm telling you, the 18-19 season, he was not ready to play in the 11. Ready or so not? So you can't ready knock him. We're not talking about who's ready or not. We're talking about availability versus like your successful like how great you are in your amount of availability that's what we started talking about and i was saying pierre-emil hoybier in the amount of time that he's been here whether he's been ready from a to b or not he's been successful i'd say 60 percent, at least 65 he's had decent games i'm saying that that overall availability even though it's a lower percentage of like let's say success than what Oliver Skip, because we've already said 80 to 95% of the time that we've seen Skip play, he's been solid. And again, none of this is a knock on Skip. I'm simply saying why I think Pierre-Emile Hoybier deserves to start over him is because he's been there, he's been All there right. for the team. And the most important player for a team is a player who's available. That's my All opinion. Right. Let's talk about Regulon. Let's yeah, talk about the left wing back position. Yeah. I've been saying it before, and I think I'm I'm uh, I'm over the line at this point. I think it's time to look for a new left wing back, or at least a left back. Um, again, some missed opportunities from Regulon in the final third, second straight game really where he's could have had a where he should have not could have should have had. Um, you could argue um, one goal in each game. Failed to convert once again against West Ham. But yeah, man, what are your overall thoughts right now on the left wing back position? I'm I'm concerned at this point because Sessegnon's obviously he's he's not he hasn't been too reliable um, since he's been here with Tottenham. He's been unlucky with injuries, and Regulon just I don't know hasn't really been cutting it under Conte at least. 
my thing with Reggion, and I think we've touched on this on the live stream, is that I feel like we thought he was so great immediately because it was just such an upgrade from Ben Davies at the left back. Now it's like, I feel like by now he should have settled in. He's got the mental part there. I think it's just like physically he's trying to overcompensate maybe. That's speculation, but it's just, I, I think Sesson Young's a better player at the position that Conte's asking for, but he's not available. So my thought process at the position would be this, and I, I was on, I was on Tottenham Away's live stream today, and I said pretty much the same thing that I think Reggian is good. I think he's a good at his. He, he's a good athlete. But our what like what's our goal? Is our goal to to just get in top four and that's it eventually? Like I'm thinking five years if we can keep Conte for at least three of them. Like I want to win the Premier League. Reggion starting in our 11 doesn't, I, I don't think it helps that overall dream of mine. Now, that doesn't mean he can't come in and supplement and be a good off the bench guy or, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, kind of a squad player. I think he could be decent at that role. I don't know if he'd want that. He'd probably rather go back to, what, Real Madrid or Sevilla, but. And I would also try and move Sesson Young on just because. Maybe you can showcase, you know, that he's a good player and you can get a little extra value out of him when you sell him. But again, it's like if you're not available, but you're really good at your position, like you're still not helping us get that three points until you're physically fit and able to go. And Reggion, he's, to my knowledge, the only injuries he's had is like COVID, which... I don't know how much you can blame on them because they're in a stadium full of 50,000 people. So I don't know if you can really blame him for that. Um, So it's tough. We definitely got to fucking sign a starter. If we don't, it's not good enough. The left side's not good enough. The right side's not good enough. Um, My hope, though, is that Levy and Enoch, they're going to see, hey, you, we only got two guys for Antonio Conte. They weren't even his top two targets. But we got two people that Antonio Conte said he could work for work with. And <laughs> they've come in and they've been top five players for our team. You know, out of our 11. So maybe that's that rings a bell to somebody saying, hey, maybe we should go for his targets. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you said something when we were arguing about the the skip thing. That, that that is a very definitive line for me when it comes to any argument, whether you and I feel either way. The very definitive line I think you said was, if Conte wants it, then I'm not going to complain. And that's mm-hmm. exactly where I'm at in regards to signings. Whatever Conte wants, give the man whatever he wants. I trust him, and he'll lead us in the right direction. He wants to be successful. Could you imagine... On his resume, he says, I took Tottenham and won the Premier League with them, or I won two, three trophies with them. Anything with them. I mean, he wants that success on his resume. He is a serial winner. So just got to give that man whatever he wants. And to me, we need a starting left back. Yeah, I agree. But of the talent, of the I'm not saying like another Reggion to compete with Reggion. I'm talking a guy that comes in. It's like everyone knows he's starting over Reggion or Sessegnon. You know what I mean? Like a Alfonso Davies, Theo Hernandez, those kind of like world class left left backs. I think, or whoever Conte wants. If Conte's like, no, nah, this guy be better than them. Fuck it, whatever Conte wants. I think that's frame that quote because I will I will die on that hill that. If it's what Conte wants, if it's what he thinks is best, who am I to, like you said, I mean, hell, maybe he sees Skip one practice and he's like, yeah, yeah, put him in. Mm. Then I'm with you. Then I'm with you at that point. I say, I'll put, I'll say, you know what? I wasted 20 minutes of our fucking time debating on why Hoybier should start over Skip because when it comes down to it, whatever Conte chooses, 
I support it. And I know, you know, people have said, you know, just because he's Antonio Conte, he's not uh, devoid of criticism. For me, he is. He's done way more than I ever fucking could. I, uh, there's rumors right now that Real Madrid and also Barcelona are interested in bringing him back to Spain, um, possibly in the summer. If Conte's good with it and he he wants him sold, we could get some pretty pretty nice cash flow from him. I think it was they were saying 25 up to 35 million um, euros, I think it was or pounds, um, whichever one of those European currencies it was. But if if Conte's okay with it and he green lights a move um, away for for Regulon and he uses the funds to bring in a really really good left wing back, then yeah, by all means, let's do it. Um, but yeah, man, it's just. For me, it's a little disappointing because it's just another position that we need reinforced now. At the beginning of this season, it wasn't something that we were really that concerned with because Regulon had been playing good enough to where we weren't that concerned about the position. But now because he's so reliant in his system on his wing backs, if they're not consistently performing and not producing, then you're not going to be able to get consistent performances. Mm -hmm. And Tottenham have been the exact opposite of consistent in the second half of the season so far. So for me, if he wants him gone and he wants to bring in someone else, I'm all for it. Let's bring in some some extra cash for the guy. Nice lad, seems like a great guy. But if he's not going to cut it under Conte and he doesn't feel Conte doesn't feel like he's going to cut it under him, then all right, man, let's let's uh, let's cash the check out and let's bring in another player to compete with either Sessegnon or or we bring in two more left wing backs. You never know. But um, Let me ask you now this. it's a left wing back, right wing back, center back, midfielder, backup striker, like. Got some serious business to do again. You know, I'm actually not too concerned about a creative midfielder anymore. I mean, I'd like a set piece taker at some position. You know, if we had like Trippier, Trippier, and we had him, he's a set piece taker. I would like to see that. But, bro, Rodrigo's fucking good. And if we got Skip and Pierre battling it out for the starting position, that's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. So, but I want to ask you this. Conte calls you up. Yo, Mike, I got to sell one and I got to keep one. Reggion and Sesson Young, who should I sell and why? Um, Regulon, because you could get more for him and you could bring in potentially an even better player in his place. With Sesson I think he's been hurt too many times and I don't think we would get back even what we sold him for. Um, I think you'd get better bang for your buck if you sold Regulon, in my opinion, just because he's also had success in Spain before. So he's a proven player in the league. He's won a Europa League with a Spanish team already, and he's played the majority of the matches that he's been here at Tottenham. So no, no, I think like you'll I get said, better better cash flow for him. That's the only reason why I would sell him. But if you're in in terms of like reliability or whatever, obviously you would sell Sessignon because he hasn't he just hasn't been available. So let me let me put this on a little little whipped cream on your Sunday. think about the fact though that english players when sold to english teams are have like a lot higher of a value because of that homegrown rule so that that's my also my other argument as fact like why i think i would sell sesignon because he's shown that he's got talent he's shown that he's got something right we've all seen it it's just not enough not often enough so I think you sell him to like a like Everton or Burnley, Norwich. Well, Burnley probably wouldn't take him because they're racist, but like a Norwich. I think he could do wonders, and they could buy him easily for 30, 25, 30. That's a little bit I don't bit think less. he's worth 20, 25. I don't even think he's worth 20 right now. I think you'd sell him for probably 15. Really? I think That's you'd be able to get 15 or 17 from him right now, unfortunately. That's my hope, right? That, that's just my speculation. Like you could get more for Cessna. Not more, but more bang for your buck, let's say, in regards to helping your team. Because if you can get an extra five, ten million just for the fact that he's English, not the fact of his talent, then I think it would bode better to like keep the more talented player, sell the guy you can sell for a little bit higher than his actual value. But again, I guess you got to find a fucking suitable bidder. It was hard yeah. enough just getting Deli Alley out the door. I would lean on the side of selling Sessegnon rather than Reggion because I feel like there's something he offers there. But I don't think he'd be cool with just sitting on the bench. I think he'd rather flourish in La Liga, and I think he'd do great because, I mean, as you see, lesser talented players go to that league, 
and are very successful. So maybe that's what he wants to do for his career. But from a Tottenham perspective, I think he'd be great off the bench. All right, you want to get into our man of the match and BD before we wrap it up? Let's get it. All right, you want to kick us off with your man of the match? My man of the match, none other. Hungman Daddy, Hungman Hung, Hungman Son, the prophet, the magician, the love of my soccer life. He's my man of the match. Uh, should have had the Hattie. Um, I, my honorable mention would probably be Harry Kane for backup man of the match because he also should have had a hat trick of assists and a goal himself. A little yeah. unlucky. If he would have scored, he would have definitely been my man of the match. But Hillman Son was, was everywhere, um, shushing the crowd. It was beautiful. So that's my man of the match. What about you? What about your BD? Oh. I had one. This whole time I had one. Since the game was over, I've had one. I'm changing it last second. BDE is also going to Youngman Daddy. Damn. All right. Because of the celly. Because right. the celly's yeah. so fucking cold. Shh. For my man of the match, um, I got to agree with you, man. It's got to go to Human Son. Getting back on the goal sheet. We talked about it before. We're just so glad that he was able to bounce back with the performance like that. And, you know, he's shown time and time again the difference between great and world class is evident in Hyunmin Hung, Hyunmin Dad, and Hyunmin Son. My BDE, I got to give it to Benton Core. He had a great performance in the midfield. It'll be great to see what he can do, hopefully, throughout the rest of the season. We just got to keep it up, man. We got to be more consistent. Um, obviously, we had been really, really inconsistent to start out the year of 2022. Um, but hopefully now, I think the players have some confidence behind them. It was a big London Derby win, and it was a very, very important win for top four. So as we uh, head into the final, uh, final rundown of the season, man, we only have, what, eight games left this season so far? Yep, eight games left in the Premier League. Um, we do have the international break coming up this week, um, so no match this week. But um, we do play Newcastle at home next Sunday on April 3rd. Um, so definitely be ready for that. And then a week later on a Saturday, I believe, um, we play Aston Villa on the road before finishing it out with some tough, tough fixtures um, looming in the distance in, in the form of Leicester City and uh, also Liverpool back to back. But regardless, man, there's a lot of points to be had that are on the table right now. And uh, like we mentioned earlier on, the top four race is only heating up and every point is only going to be more crucial to end the season. Any final thoughts, my friend, before we wrap it up? We're going to do our one final thought. This is our one final thought. One final segment. thought. Sorry. One, one final, final thought, my friend. Parting thought. My one final parting thought would be, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm going to switch it up. Today, we're recording this on March 21st. That is 321. That's uh, National Down Syndrome Awareness Day. Um, Trisomy 21 is a... Um, if you're unaware, it is the syndrome you have that causes Down syndrome, where you basically have an extra chromosome. Um, so being that that special event is today, my one final, final, my one final parting thought would be just love everybody, man. Everyone's got so much love in them. It's tough times in the world. Just got to let the love push through and... And just be kind to people because you never know what, what someone's battling, what someone's going through um, in their day-to-day -day life. So my final parting message in light of what, you know, all the racism, negativity, this world's at war, and, you know, just so much bad stuff. Tottenham's winning. It's, it's like, how do you celebrate these things, right? My final parting, final parting thought has got to be, man, just, just love whoever you got and love whoever you don't. Because you never know what someone's going through. For sure. My one final thought. Um, I won't be as deep as yours, unfortunately. You kind of blew it out of the water there for me. But um, I just want to say, man, I'm glad Hyunmin Son's back. It looks like he's back to his best. He was definitely at his best against West Ham. Um, I guess I'll, I'll put it into two parts here for my one final thought. One, I'm glad Hyunmin Son's back. And two, it was nice getting a London Derby win. I feel like it's been forever since we've gotten one of those, um, especially after that United result. It felt a little bit unlucky on our part because we, we played really, really well on the road for the majority of the matches, or excuse me, of the match um, at Old Trafford. Obviously, Ronaldo was the big difference there, but 
it was nice to get back-to-back wins, nice to get a Derby win, and it's just good to be, you know, good to record after a win. It, it's mm. It's been a while, and, um, you know, like I said, a lot of points to be had to, to end the season, but I think this is a really, really good first step in the right direction. So hopefully Arsenal can drop points. We still do have um, a match to be rescheduled with Arsenal. Um, to uh, We don't know when it's going to be. They haven't announced it yet, but it'll be somewhere near the end of the season. So that's going to be a big six-pointer as well. It's just about whether or not we're going to execute. We'll see uh, how the squad fares coming out of the international window. I pray to God that no players get hurt while they're on their um, respective uh, international teams. But yeah, man, just hoping we get three points to to end the season every single game. But we'll see. After the international break, we got Newcastle. You should get three points out of that. They're playing well. We'll see. But... Definitely, definitely got to get them three points. Yeah, definitely do. Thank you guys so much for listening to another edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. If you want to support this podcast, click on the link down below if you're watching on Spotify video, anchor.fm slash United Spurs of America. Click on support. Any amount of uh, donations would be great, greatly appreciated. Shout out Pete and Faraz for being our sponsors um, previously. And then also shout out Ellie, who's been a big supporter and donator onto our, uh, or donor, I guess, sorry, not donator donor on the Tottenham Away live streams. And if you're coming from the Tottenham Away live stream, we're moving to Fridays. Um, we're making this official now. We're moving to Fridays, same time that we usually do, just moving it to Friday instead of Tuesday. I had a switch up with my schedule at work, so apologies for the for the confusion there. But, you know, I can't really help it. When they tell me I'm working one day and then I got to work one day. So I'll put um, it this way. Yeah. Once the listeners are paying us as much as you're making there, until that day, we're going to have to work around your work schedule, my friend, because yeah, that's unfortunate. you know what? You got to make that paper. Have to. But thank you guys so much if you have been supporting. Thank you guys so much if you're still listening here on this podcast. Um, but yeah, we, we will see you after the international break. We'll see you after the Newcastle match more specifically. Um, I believe we'll have either one or two live streams before then. But until then, stay safe out there. Um, up the lads as always. And Jacob. Come on, you Spurs. Don't get injured over this international break for the love of God. Quiz, 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 quiz.